What's up, everybody? Brad here. It is December. Well, it's the first week of December, really. And uh, we, we are charging headfirst towards the end of the year. But there's been a lot going on this week. I think some interesting things to talk about. I got a little inside info about uh, Stadia. And uh, yeah, and a little bit on Microsoft side, a little conspiracy theory that I think makes quite a bit of sense. But let's just dive in to some of the news, shall we? So uh, on the, uh, I don't know, maybe overcorrection little bit here. Samsung Galaxy S11 will feature a 108 megapixel camera. Uh, there, there's a diminishing return the, the more megapixels you add. First off, it's the size of the sensor, not necessarily always the size of uh, the megapixels. So, But anyways, all that information aside, it looks like Samsung is just going, ah, screw it, let's just throw 108 megapixel in there because that'll give us a better marketing talking point. We will see how it actually works out when they ship the product, which should be, um, I don't know, in the spring. So there you go. Uh, the iPhone 11 kept tracking people even when they uh, turned it off. So this is gonna be fixed, Apple says. One thing that's interesting about this, which I think is fair, is that Apple says that this was just an accidental mistake and people kind of take their word for it. Now, if Facebook did this, people would obviously say Facebook has um, nefarious views on this type of information. So whatever, if you have an iPhone 11 and you're really sensitive about being tracked, you might want to leave it at home or put it maybe somewhere else that's not at home so you're not being tracked until they get that out there. Uh, Qualcomm also hosted its Snapdragon Summit this week in Hawaii. I went to that a couple years ago. I haven't gone for a while, but maybe I'll go next year. Um, they announced two new processors for, well, basically PC-like devices. Things like this, like the Surface Pro X. They have the 8C and the 7C. Now, I'm interested to see how these things actually shake out on performance-wise because while the 8CX that is in this thing or whatever Microsoft's calling it these days, um, the, the Microsoft One Q or One SQ, um, it, it's fine. And this is the high end. I don't, I'd be a little concerned about scaling down the performance to meet a lower price point at this point in time in the in the relationship between Windows and ARM, but we will see. Anyways, those chips will probably not be hitting devices, prob knowing how things worked last year, probably until about a year from now, give or take. So look for like holiday shopping season for those types of devices coming up. Uh, Google founders Larry Page and Sergey Bin have stepped down. Uh, that is not a big surprise. They have really stepped away from the limelight for a couple years. And Sundar is going to take reign of Google and, well, now Alphabet too. So I don't know why Google and Alphabet are separated when it's just one guy leading both of them. But anyways, so that's sort of a, I think that's more of just like a paper change, right? Because at this point in time, nothing is really probably changing on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, here is my first uh, conspiracy theory of December, if you will. I don't know why I said it, phrased it that way. But anyways, Mary Jo Foley, a good friend of the show, and she actually asked a question this week, uh, said Teams for Life, which I have talked about a lot. Uh, she's now hearing it's being rebranded as Microsoft for Life. It looks like it's going to debut in a spring 2020 release timeline, which might actually coincide with the Surface earbuds now which got delayed, and potentially a Surface Book 3 refresh, which is still happening according to my uh, information that I've been told. And it looks like potentially a spring launch, so this could be sort of a spring event for Microsoft. Now, the interesting thing here is that Microsoft, according to Ms. Foley, I have not heard this, but this aligns to everything else I'd heard, is also working on a password manager. So that is great. I've actually been harping. Um, I talked to Joe Belfiore about it when I was up at Build, which was uh, in the springtime. I said, hey, you guys need a password manager. That would be a nice complimentary feature to your office portfolio, right? It's productivity and base, and here we go. So right now, Microsoft is rumored to be building a password manager. Here's where the conspiracy theory comes in. 
um, the reason why I bring this up is that 1Password earlier this year announced that they raised $200 million. And this was not all that long ago. This was a few weeks ago. Here is my conspiracy theory that Microsoft said, hey, we need a password manager. So they went out shopping around and they approached 1Password. And 1Password more than likely either said, no, we're not selling, or they wanted too much money. Microsoft, eh, we're not going to be able to pay that. Knowing that, 1Password said, shoot, we are about to go into a head-to-head -head fight with Microsoft. We're going to need some cash. So 1Password went out and raised $200 million to try to get ahead of this Microsoft 360 Life thing that's going to have a password manager built in. I personally think that makes a lot of sense. I'd be curious to know what you guys think, but the balls are starting to kind of align uh, on the table, if you will about why this is happening. So there you go. That is that is some of the bigger tech news of the week. There's some good game gaming stuff going on as well. Uh, on the Stadia side, Stadia launched a new game store for the web. This is not all that surprising. Now it's easier to look at your games on the web. And now you can actually shop around. And if you want to give Stadia your $60 or whatever the game is, um, you can now do that, you know? Um, so there you go. Here's the thing I have been hearing about Stadia, though. So um, before I say any of this, if anybody else would like to chat or has any information, Signal is a great platform for that. You can find me on Twitter. Just hit me up with a DM and we can exchange Signal information. It's an end-to-end -end encrypted platform. Uh, very secure. You can delete and have control of your data. Um, so I've heard from a couple publishers at this point that Stadia performance, not, not like the light latency, but like actual game usage, has been lower than even the low end of expectations, right? So a company puts a game on Stadia and they say, okay, this is what we think it's going to do. It's going to do between, let's just make up numbers, one and three. And it's coming in at a point zero zero one. And so it is, it's not meeting expectations for publishers, which is not a good thing for Google. And so the question becomes is, what is Google going to do to get publishers to join Stadia? I, I think Google's going to have to open up the checkbook and actually kind of take maybe Microsoft's old playbook of actually paying developers to support the store uh, to get it up off the ground. They have the chicken and egg problem. We've talked about this a million times, but publishers are not excited about what Stadia is returning in terms of performance, even usage. I'm not even talking monetary value. I'm just talking actual gamers playing games at this point. And so it's gonna, it's a rough start for Stadia. It's a rough start. That's the best way to kind of describe it. Uh, Halo Reach, if you've been waiting for that one, you can now reach out and download it. See what it did there, guys? Um, also, things that I'm super excited about as I keep smashing F5 is that Tech Alpha uh, for Flight Sim 2020, I believe it's Flight Sim 2020, are now going out. They should all arrive for everybody who's in the Tech Alpha by the end of next week. I have not gotten mine yet, but I am super looking forward to that because it looks like that that's going to be a game I'm going to dump some hours into, I think so. Uh, and then Phil Spencer also said, hey, he now has a Scarlet console at home. So if anybody wants to uh, put on their black gear and night vision goggles and go snoop through Phil Spencer's windows, I'm not actually saying I'm going to do this. Um, it might not be a bad time to do that because you could get an early look at Scarlet. Although I suspect, I strongly suspect it looks just like a PC case knowing what um, other early, early prototypes of Xbox hardware has looked like. Now, the one thing that is odd here is I've also heard that publishers don't have a Scarlet console yet, or even really much of anything. They just sort of are waiting, and they have PS5 dev kits, but they don't have Xbox dev kits. Now, I do know that some developers have them, but they're primarily first party. Something in my eye. And so that they're primarily first party, not third party, which has me a little bit concerned because if publishers are supposed to public put games out on Scarlet on day one, they don't have much time to do this, right? They're building on off base off of a spec sheet at this point. They're not just building off of actual testing on hardware. And so Microsoft is either doing one of two things. 
they have. Um, they're really holding back and got something secretive up their sleeve that they don't want anybody to know about until it's time, which is the, the optimistic side of my life. Or they are way behind and they can't get these things out the door in a reliable fashion. And that's why these third parties do not have them. And only first parties who they can keep under a lock and key have access to them. So either way, um, if anybody has any additional information, hit me up on Twitter or that's probably the best way to do it. And then we can uh, I can give you my signal information and we can go from there. All right, diving into the questions this week. Miss Mary Jo Foley, who scooped the Microsoft 360 Live stuff earlier today, says, I'm curious if you think Microsoft knowingly misled, as in lied, about whether uh, or not they'd have two consoles, not just one. I'm doubtful plans change since they seemingly, seemingly did not existence of Loctart, or am I just being a Scrooge? So this is really interesting. I, I talked about this a little bit earlier in the week, but here's the deal. Like, we, I've been talking about Lockhart since um, quite literally a year. I, I potentially, I think it's years when I wrote up the Anaconda, Lockhart, Dante, or Danta, however you want to pronounce it, and all that Roma and all that good stuff. Uh, Maverick as well was in there. I did this mega post on Xbox codenames. And so Microsoft has like really like shunned down that Lockhart narrative. They really, really tried to pin it down and, and squash it. And then all of a sudden it resurged back up, um, not just from myself, but from The Verge, from Kotaku and from others. And it, it's like, did they lie? I don't. I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word lied, but they definitely tried to force the narrative to one console at the high end. That is, they very actively tried to force that narrative. And it doesn't appear that that narrative was fully accurate. It's not that they, it's not that they came out and explicitly wrote out the words, Lockhart is not happening. They did not say that, but they did say they were focusing on one console. Now, you can stretch that meaning to however you want. They're focused on it, but they've also got this other thing they're, they're focused on. You can focus on more than one thing. You got to remember for Microsoft's uh, tagline is cloud first, mobile first. So they technically were focusing on two things at the same time right there. It's a little awkward. And if they do come out and, and say it, Phil will have to do a little weaseling around the words that he did during some interviews during E3 of 2019. And he could honestly just quite say, be like, you know what? Plans changed and we decided to reship it uh, starting in September. So we will see. Uh, PK Driven says, hi, Brad. I've heard rumblings of a Microsoft Surface event in the spring of 2020. You are not wrong. Uh, if true, any ideas what they may show? Surface Book 3, I believe, is on the agenda. Refresh Surface headphones, uh, consumer-grade HoloLens. So we might, I don't know if we'll see a refreshed headphones per se, but I do know that there's a black variant of the Surface uh, headphones floating around. So we could see potentially that. Uh, the Surface earbuds could actually launch at that event, finally. Uh, Surface Book 3 would make some sense there, and a Microsoft Life event uh, would also make sense. I don't think we would see a Surface Studio. That is still kind of out there. I don't think we may, we may not see that being uh, refreshed yet. So uh, keep that in mind. I do not think we will see a consumer-grade HoloLens. I think that's still pretty far down the pipeline. Microsoft doesn't have an AR catalog yet that would support a consumer version, and they can't just come out and say, Minecraft. Although, interesting thing about Minecraft, uh, according to YouTube, which did their YouTube 2019 Rewind, I believe Fortnite 2 had about 60 billion minutes, or it's either minutes or hours watched, and Minecraft was 100. So Minecraft like dramatically scales higher up on the, the engagement factor than even Fortnite. So while they could launch a consumer version of HoloLens, um, I don't think they have enough compelling content other than potentially uh, Minecraft, which they do have Minecraft AR, but I don't think that's enough to sell these things at a... a the demographic playing Minecraft is probably not the same demographic that can afford or, or wants to pay $1,000 to wear it on their head. 
That's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's generally skewing towards a younger audience, if you will. So, um, and says also now that Microsoft is coming with a Surface Phone, do you think a Surface Watch is next? I would. I, I think it's a bit early. They had a watch. Remember, they had a, they had the band. They actually even acquired a watch um, when they bought Nokia at that time. I don't. I would be hesitant to say they're going to launch a watch at this time. That that seems. They need to get the phone out the door and see if it actually sells, I think is the first thing. Uh, and then he says, I love all the awesome work. Thank you. I as always appreciate it. Uh, and old Amiga user says, do you think they will run another sale on Xbox consoles before the holiday? That is a good question. That is a really, really good question. If I had the magic ball that told me when uh, sales were going to happen, that would be fantastic. I bet that we'll see some. I bet we'll see like bundles or things. I don't know if we'll exactly see what we saw on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, if you will. But I bet that we will see some around that time because Microsoft is always running sales on these types of things. So uh, Sydney2K says, uh, talk is at the current est based blade servers for xCloud will be replaced by Scarlet-based blades when I assume next-gen comes in and xCloud is finally launched. If and when Sony enters the cloud gaming service in a large scale and with the agreement that was reached earlier this year for Sony to use Azure services for cloud-based services, is it likely that Sony would be allowed to use PlayStation 5 blades in Azure? Interesting question. If so, how much more efficient would it be to use uh, specialist blades as opposed to having standard Azure provided blade servers? So, I, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this one. Microsoft is not going to allow a third party to put uh, servers or blades or anything into its data centers that they are not investigating and doing at a, a very deep technical dive on because those data centers are more than just for gaming. They are for enterprise businesses and Microsoft's not going to just swing open the door and say, hey, Sonny, put your racks in the corner. Um, that will be fine. I don't think that they, we will see PS5 blades in there. If Sony went that route, they'd honestly be probably just be better off building their own data centers and controlling the entire narrative uh, rather than leasing effectively servers from Azure, which was the agreement that was announced earlier this year. And more than likely, they can probably get similar type performance that they're going to need for that computational compute in the cloud from what's already available in Azure. So I don't think that's going to happen. I, I could be wrong. I'm just trying to speculate here, but I would have a tough time seeing Microsoft let Sony put... Um, hardware in their own data centers, which Microsoft has spent tens of billions, probably maybe even hundreds of billions of dollars on at this point. So uh, now that Qualcomm officially announced the Snapdragon 8CX with 5G, 8C, and 7C, do you see, or did you hear that one of them might be used for the Surface Go successor? Hmm, interesting, or maybe even another Surface 2. I wonder why didn't Microsoft wait for 5G to put it into the Surface Pro X? So I know why they didn't wait for 5G uh, to put it in the Surface Pro X. First off, if they were gonna do that, they would probably be about a year out from the Surface Pro X coming out. Keep in mind, this thing has LTE in it. It's not like it doesn't have data connectivity, and you're always gonna be in the waiting game if you say, oh, if we just wait for something else. Microsoft needed to throw its support behind ARM to show other vendors that, hey, you should support this because we are supporting this. We are willing to go down this route. You should be willing to go down this route. And if they waited another year, there'd be another year that they would be behind. And not to mention, it's a real nice talking point if they come out next year and say, hey, you know what? That Service Pro X that you love, roughly the same performance, but we're topping it off with 5G. That makes a lot of sense. I also think it makes sense to put a 8C or 7C would be, 7C would probably be my guess in the go. The Go it needs a refresh. I The thing about the Go is I love the size of the Go, but that Intel Pentium Gold processor is really starting to show its age at this point. Now, I know if you bought one roughly two years ago or whatever it was now, it's it was fine, but it could, it could use a refresh, I think is, is the big thing here. So 
Uh, and then Yoshi says, Phil Spencer let it slip, yes he did, that Control was headed to Game Pass. Remedy quickly responded saying that this information is incorrect. What do you think is right and wrong? I can't imagine Phil would make such a big mistake. There are two possible scenarios here. One, Phil broke his own embargo or the legal embargo that was set because I bet the Control probably comes after the holiday shopping season, right? Why would you put a game into Game Pass right now? right before the holiday season, we're in the middle of the holiday season where people are probably buying a lot more games than say in the middle of January. So I bet that this is coming more than likely next month would be my guess after we get past Christmas. Um, and then Control came out and said, hey, that's not really true. And then because obviously they want those sales. The only other thing I could think of is that Phil sw like switched in his mind. Maybe there's another game that he was thinking of that is coming to Game Pass that is roughly named Control or something like that. I don't quite know, but we'll probably find out here, I would bet within the next four to six weeks about if Control is coming, but I would guess that it's coming next month because like I said, I don't think that they would try to nip in the butt their, um, <laughs> their holiday sales. It would be an odd time to do that. So we will see you guys, we will see. As always, everybody, love all the questions. It was a surprisingly busy week in the world of kind of rumors and everything else. I hope that your December is going well. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.